Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Sal Capaccio. I make a special Capaccio for you, right? Oh, now that sounds really good. Oh, you like? Hey, get away. Get away from my wife with that. What's the matter, Carpaccio no good? What? What do you do now? They don't like a Carpaccio. They oh. like Carpaccio. Oh. On WGR. I make a Carpaccio for you. Sports Radio 550. As you may have already noticed, I mean, you're fast if you noticed it, but Sal tweeted, he's coming on with us, and there's a lot to digest. And I'm, I'm excited to just turn it over to Sal quickly here. Because I, I don't know how I don't know how much I was uh, like going to need to digest from today, but I'm you know I'm ready to hear it because there should there is a lot to talk about, Sal. And you had the coach and then the GM, um, you know, both going over how it ended and where they go from here. What stands out to you as the most meaningful uh, revelation or comment from today? If you have a sort of a number one, I'm not as. I don't know. I'm still, I, I know that this team has salary cap challenges. I get it. And it's not like they shied away from that today. But I do think that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott both gave a very reassuring tone that that's not going to stop them from doing what they need to do to drip, get back to being in a position to try and win a championship next year. Like he said multiple times. And I'm just reading through it again, writing an article about it. And that's my lead. That's my headline that he said, I'm not you know, going to... I don't lay down at night, you know, thinking that we can't win a sh- have a shot next year. And he said, yes, we will get a bit younger at some positions, but we're not planning. This is his quote. We're not planning on taking a year off and not being not be competitive. So I think that was, to me, something that had to be said today or at least thought about it. Because even if you know, we've been in these situations before, right, guys, where maybe not with this regime, but you can go to uh, a press conference. And even though they're not going to say, hey, guys, we're going to stink next year. You can get a sense of, hey, there's going to be a little bit of adjustment here. We might have to take a step back. I got nothing like that today. I think it was the opposite, actually. Yeah, I mean, and and maybe, you know, that's it, – it's important, I think, to send that message. I mean, they've got to go actually do it. Um, but I, I think, yeah, you can hear um, – I mean, I'm, I guess maybe now is not the best time to think of Darcy Regeer mentioning there's going to be suffering uh, so many years right. ago. But like, right. you know, like we're, you know, Brandon. When, when does that kick in, by the way, right, the suffering? Right, right. Now, I know because it's been so much fun. It's, when does the suffering <laughs> like, start? It just never stops the fun. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, Brandon Bean could have sort of soft pedaled even that. And, and he chose not to. Mm-hmm. And I, I, re, I like it. I admire it. 
And I also think it's it's right. Like you start thinking about like realistically piecing together what needs to happen. And I think if you couple Bean saying that with both men, McDermott and Bean, emphasizing explosive plays and speed, I, I feel like maybe maybe they're waiting at the train station for the wide receiver train to pull it and sell. Like, and and I feel sure. like that's encouraging to me. That's a way that they could overcome some deficiencies if they, you know, can't have a fully formed veteran roster on the defensive side of the ball. Go find your way to some ex- now. It's going to be kids, and you got to hit on somebody uh, to make it work. But I, don't, I, I liked the tone that I heard today. I guess I would say overall. Me too, and it goes back to, and we've discussed this, you know, last year, how many times we were asked by people, is the window closing on the Buffalo Bills? And my response would always be, maybe your response would be to people, as long as you have Josh Allen, your window's not closing. And he basically said the same thing. He said, you know, look at the quarterbacks in the league, and I like our guy, right? I mean, look who we have. And that's why, you know, he doesn't believe in that. Um, as far as he even said that, he said, I don't believe in window closing. Like, that's not what I subscribe to. Um, you know, you have to make tweaks to your roster, sure, and you got to make some decisions. But he mentioned Josh Allen specifically and the fact that, you know, they're going to continue to push forward here. Um, he also, the thing that we talked about, and I heard you guys talk about with, I mean, yesterday I think we talked about this with the contract restructures. And he said, I don't like doing it. I don't like doing it. But, you know, the reality is you have to do it sometimes. So they're going to have to do a little bit of that. We'll see. Uh, he was asked about the projection of, I think it's $43 million over, based on what, over the cap spot track, things like that. He did not confirm. And generally, Brandon is very good at that stuff, but his answer was, tell me what the cap's going to be. So there's still some figuring out exactly where they'll be in all of this. Um, but, yeah, I, I by and large think that they're going to – just kind of have to piece together some of the bottom end of the roster, kind of like they did this year. But for the most part, they feel very good about what they have and where they are. And even though they can't do a ton, they're going to have to do some. They're going to rely on draft picks. They're going to have to rely on uh, you know some cheaper labor and to find those guys, and that's going to be the key. And I am nodding through this as well because, like, yesterday I said, I think to you also, Sal, like, I mean, I've said it many times, but – with Allen, this kind of season you just had is about what should be your floor. I mean, mm-hmm. that's right. Point differential. They haven't always. I mean, they've had very good defenses this year. As a caller to our show also pointed out earlier, McDermott has been able to make it work with depth when losing starters. So um, that also should make this more likely. It's really more. I think. I don't. I don't think very many people expect or expected to hear that they were going to have like sort of a rebuilding phase or something like that. No. But there will there will be a very different looking roster, I think. That's what I would have meant yesterday by retool. Like you have lots of guys going to free agency, you have a couple where you might have to eat some dead cap money and you'll end up with I don't know how many but a half dozen or more different new starters, I would think uh next year and you know, I would probably expect them to be good anyway. I agree, and then the, the then you have to start paring down like what that means for exactly who, right? You have Gabe Davis going to be <coughs> sorry, guys. You have to be you have Gabe Davis who's going to be a free agent. And he spoke yesterday about that, and his intention is to you know go and test free agency. But you know you never know where that is, and both sides say they'd love to have each other back, and you get a lot of that kind of talk this time of year. He mentioned specifically getting younger around at certain positions. I asked about Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde. And I asked Sean, I think I asked Sean that, and Brandon was also asked. Um, but it was interesting to me 
that it was a very, very reflective tone on the two. In fact, I would say that Sean actually used past tense, even talking about Jordan, Mm -hmm. even though Jordan's under contract. And I'm not saying he was telling everybody, you know, he's not on the roster. He didn't say that. He has a year left. But it was a very reflective tone on those two, right? And I thought that spoke volumes maybe about where they are there and where we can kind of start looking at places where there are going to be some changes. Yeah, I mean, well, you you might be inclined to be reflective. I would say I've been that way about the two of them. Mm-hmm. Even though Poyer is under contract because Hyde isn't, and I don't know if you've seen the, the, the Instagram post from his wife thanking the city and the fans and all that. Like, So mm-hmm. it's not a retirement announcement, but it sure sounds like a goodbye of some kind. Um, mm-hmm. So you, I've been reflective about the two of them because to, the two of them are, they're, you know, they're peanut butter and jelly. Like they're just there. Yep. They've been there for the entirety of McDermott's existence here. And so... You know, chances were very high that both of them wouldn't be back, even if one of them is. So that that could be a reason for McDermott sounding like that, I suppose. Not to get all hung McDermott up. McDermott said that. he was. McDermott said he was driving into the stadium on Sunday. And he knew the defense would be introduced because it was their turn, and he said he was thinking about how you know they could be you know, their last time being introduced together. And I, I mean, something like that. And he didn't say it was definitively, but we also knew that it was the last game of the season. So I don't know if he meant together overall, together just for the season. He did mention because it was the last home game of the season. So I don't know if I want to take it that far. And, you know, I'm certainly mm-hmm. not trying to put words in his mouth, um, but it was very reflective. And I think one of the other, one of the others said, you know, I, I think Bean said, I, you've rarely, who, when do you ever see two safeties together for seven years? It's amazing that they've been here, but they've been such foundational pieces there. So, yeah, right there. And then you think about a guy like Stefan Diggs. Mike, you asked me what stood out. I think what stood out was both of these guys acknowledging they need to get fat and more explosive on offense. They need to have more explosive plays. I do think that means, you know, get faster, and they kind of acknowledge that, but it's also, hey, I think there was a line in there or something like, you know, you can get a track team, but you still have to have guys catch the ball. But they need that. And I think they both acknowledged that, which was really interesting um, going forward. And even though they said that, we know that Stefan Diggs isn't an explosive type of player. He had a drop in production, and Brandon Bean made it pretty clear. He said he still believes Stefan Diggs is a number one wide receiver. And they didn't just come to this realization on Sunday night or yesterday no like it's it's been it it might speak probably does speak to how they've played here in the last six seven weeks including two playoff games without Gabe Davis on the field where if anywhere Sal did today leave you in terms of Joe Brady um is it to be was it to be expected that there would not be any sort of stronger commitment to him today is that what you assumed that McDermott and Bean would say or did it maybe sound a little bit more like you know, he did well, but we're going to look around. Which one said, I think it was McDermott who said, no, it was Bean, I think, who said he will be and should be, he should be considered um, a very, you know, serious, s- under serious consideration, yeah. under serious consideration. That's mm-hmm. what the words were. And I apologize again, sometimes whichever guy said that both of them spoke glowingly. They both talked about how it's a very tough situation to come in, in the middle of the season and be able to do what he was able to do in the middle of the season to get the offense to where it was. They were both very impressed. I think um, both of them acknowledged that Josh Allen, you know, being on board with Joe Brady would mean something, even though. Brandon Bean actually his answer indicated that wasn't the case, but it was a joke. It was a joke. He <laughs> laughed and he's like, yeah, we don't care what Josh thinks. Make sure he knows that, too. Um, I think what I took out of that more than anything was I think they wanted to be respectful of Joe Brady and what his options might be. 
So it's okay. not full on, hey, we're going to go get this guy and, you know, hands off. It's, hey, he's earned a right to also have opportunities. We want him back or we might want him back. Or, yes, we, we think he should be very much under consideration here. But there's an interview process for us that we want to have respect for. And there might be somebody out there. And also he's going to have some options. So we want to respect that as well. But I think at the end of the day, I think both guys, to me, I came away feeling that they would be fine with Joe Brady being the OC. But they know they have to leave all options and all windows open there. I know we have talked almost endlessly since McDermott got here um, about like what, what he wants, uh, what style of offense he wants. Mm-hmm. And we know they became very run-heavy, run-heaviest team in the league down the stretch here um, and even into the playoffs. That's, that's, that's kind of who they were, and they won all these games until Sunday, and, and, and now they're eliminated. Um, and I know how McDermott sounded when he got here. And I also know what, like, from 2020 moving forward, uh, the the data tells us the Bills have been a pass-first, pass-heavy, neutral situations. Like, they're, they they get a lot of credit for, for ranking very highly in those sorts of metrics. So they have been a pass-first team. This is the first evidence this last stretch here, six weeks, seven weeks, is the first evidence we've seen of that changing did McDermott sound different to you? Have you ever heard him talk about Andy Reid and pass first? I feel like he was, when he got here, was like control the line of scrimmage guy. Um, so it felt like a departure. I, I like it. I mean, I hope they follow through with their actions because I think that is the way they need to go. They need to supplement their passing game and get more explosive plays. Um, I was encouraged by how McDermott sounded about that. Yeah, if I can, just for a minute, explain this for a second, because it was my question he answered. And I only say that because I want to explain why I phrased it and asked it the way I did. There has been a lot of talk since he's been here, as you said, but especially, I think, this year through through the OC change. I get it from fans. You get it from fans. Maybe we've talked about it, whatever. We hear it, you know, on social media. And I we read a lot, and fans, I think many fans believe he's just putting people, he's just putting puppets at OC so he can control the offense and run the ball. And he's a defensive coach, and he's conservative, and that's what he wants to do. I've personally never believed that. I think that Sean McDermott just wants to win, and he wants to put someone in a position who understands just do what it takes to win. If that means running, that means running. If that means passing, it means passing. But there's no necessary kind of, you got to do it this way, one way, or the other. But I also acknowledge, and I would say, I do know that he is a defensive coach. And sure, like he probably sometimes would lean more towards, hey, let's button down a little bit here. Let's mm-hmm. make sure we don't you know, give up an opportunity. So what I said to him was exactly that. I said, Sean, some fans believe, hey, Sean McDermott is a defensive coach. He's conservative. He wants to dial it back. When you look for an offensive coordinator and you're thinking about all of this, you know, what is your response to that? And that's when he said, hey, look, he said, first of all, I am a defensive coach, but that's not true. I cut my teeth under Andy Reid. He said, and Andy Reid is pass first, throw to win. And I subscribe to that theory, and I believe in that. And especially with the quarterback we have in his growth, he said. But then later on, he also mentioned, but I do believe you need to run the ball when you have to run the ball. And especially when the weather turns, we've seen it happen here in Buffalo, not often. And according to the defense, maybe the defense is challenging you and says, we're not, we're going to take away the pass and you're going to have to run the ball. And in those instances, we got to become a better run team. And he said, and I always will believe in winning in the trenches. And I think when we hear that as people, as fans, as football fans, as analysts, we hear winning in the trenches, we hear rah, rah, go after it, biting kneecaps, right? Dan Campbell, bashing heads, three yards, cloud of dust. I don't think he necessarily means that. I think that can be it. He also means winning in your pass blocking. It just means making sure that you have options to do both. So 
at the end of the whole answer there, I agree with you, Bulldog. It was great to hear him say that. I still have people telling me it's not true. He's being disingenuous. That's fine. You can believe whatever you want, but there's the man on record saying it. I end up, after all that, and I respect all of that and mostly agree, it's just sort of I don't really care what he says, right? I mean, it's just more what is he going to do, and there's been good and bad and mostly good. Campbell is a really important and useful comp because everybody made fun of that guy when he was hired. Everybody did. I mean, maybe not everybody, but certainly in my world, it was completely mocked, Campbell. And, you know, he's been really successful. And part of that, and McDermott is also this, Sal, like give it, if you're thinking about game management sort of stuff, giving that up and, or if not, if not literally giving it up, letting people maybe more well-versed, you know, maybe more where that's their area, uh, have a voice and then listen to that voice. I think that's what Campbell has done. That's what Peterson did famously in Philadelphia when they won. And I think the Bills have done that too. That's really important for any leader, you know, any coach to be able to know when somebody under them, so to speak, you know, needs to be heard. And, you know, that's, uh, I think that's happened here in that area at least. Yeah, and I think it's important to marry the two things we just talked about together, which is they need to get more explosive. They need to find a way to be able to be a pass-first, throw-to-win team because I think that part of what we saw towards the end of the year by becoming more run-heavy has it's a chicken-and-egg thing maybe. I, I don't, I don't, maybe it isn't even. It's a, it's a cause and effect, though, to me, that they didn't have the explosiveness to get down the field as quick as they wanted, and they didn't have the players to separate like they wanted. And that's why I think they leaned a little bit more in the run game to make sure they put themselves in a better position to try and throw because if you're throwing downfield and you don't have separation, suddenly it's second and ten or it's third and seven, third and eight. And I think that that all has to be baked into it. So I take that answer, and I take the, yes, we need to be more explosive, and I marry those two together yeah and um you know you've got what they did here down the stretch and how they played you, if you want to and this might get a little you know the the bridge might start eroding under our feet if we venture out too far sale but i feel like how they played connected to everything you just said might be the biggest reason to be encouraged about them going skill wide receiver like speed yes. like su- in the draft to supplement their team because maybe what they did on offense down the stretch was out of necessity because they didn't feel like they had other receivers besides maybe even digs or maybe even digs too that they felt we can win with you know like just leaning on them a hundred percent and i'll add on to that at the very least at least at least if you know, that's going to be it. If you want to make an argument for that, you know, sometimes we made arguments for that. We could say in the past, they got to do this, but you know what else we'd say, but you got to fix the line. Well, you know what? They don't really have to do this year, guys. They don't have to fix the offensive line and they don't have to fix the deep line. Now that with the understanding and everybody acknowledged this, even down there today, their defense didn't play that great on uh, Sunday, and especially the D-line did not come up with wins, and they didn't you know, do what they needed to do. Everybody recognizes that. So, But you're not overhauling the defensive line, other than maybe some guys who you have to replace or supplement in one-year contracts. And you're not supplementing, you're not overhauling the offensive line. They're set there. They have five guys. They're all coming back. They're all under contract. And they were good this year. And McDermott said it was the best year they typically had, you know, since he's been here with that group. So take what you just said, Bulldog, what I just said, and then say, you don't even have to spend your resources up front like you might have 
thought you had to in years past, it gives you more opportunity to spend your resources on the skill position. I definitely agree on the offensive line. Defensive line-wise, Sal, Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, Jordan Phillips, yep. Puna Ford, Linval Joseph, all free agents. Leonard Floyd, Shaq Lawson, A.J. Epinesa on the edge, all free agents. I mean, they're going to they're gonna have to – either they, you know, they can find their way to keeping you know, some of that group um, on, on reasonable contracts, great. Um, also bad, Von Miller, not a free agent. Right. <laughs> right. So they, 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 they'll have some work sure. to do there, I think. Um, you know, but who was Daquan Jones when he got here, right? I mean, you don't want to get lose that player, but you might have to go find another version of him, right? Some gem that you can uncover and bring in here to supplement because I, I feel like he's probably earned a contract that might be out of their, you know, out of their range. Might. That's right. I agree with that. I would say, though, I think that is a position where they have operated in the past and probably still can, where you can you can get a guy for a one year deal or cheaper mm-hmm. two year deal still to come in because you're not going to have once you get the Chris Jones and the Aaron Donalds of the world out of there. And even even at Oliver, you know, and he didn't make a ton of money as a nice extension. You can supplement them a little bit easier. I think they like Kingsley Jonathan, obviously. And a, but a guy like Shaq Lawson, this is my great example for this, right? Like Shaq Lawson's a nice player. I like him. I think he can play well. Shaq Lawson still had no job each of the last three off seasons until late. Right. And the Bills said, okay, come on back, right? So I think there's always guys like that out there. 56 million people, as many as 56 million people watch Chiefs Bills. Like highest rated. I was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't. Maybe do you count? You're on the field. You I'm not sure. No, I don't. I'm on the field. The I don't count. Fifty-six million. They don't count the people who are in the stadium. They they never they <laughs> never right. count the people in the stadium. Yeah. So um, it's funny if he said if Sal said like I was not one of them. <laughs> Fifty-six million people watched Chiefs yeah. Bills, not including Sal Capaccio, who was of course there. Uh, pretty good number though. Okay. Well, uh, here we go. Day two of the off season. Thank you for your time, Sal. You got it, guys. Have a great rest of your day, and maybe even week. Who knows when we talk again? Who? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Who knows? That sounds ominous. All right, Sal, thanks. Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. His appearances are always brought to you by New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? I'm doing a thing now that's not really fair, but like wide receivers, last year's draft. Mm-hmm. Good and bad in the first two days the bills get to justin shorter at pick 150 you're not expecting pick 150 to really hit pick pick 177 puka nakua mm, look at that went to the right coach yeah quarterback and opportunity. roster opportunity because cup was hurt so he was able to establish himself and then i wondered i think i even asked you in probably a fantasy context does that keep going when cup comes back and it did do I, did I take that question? You did. Yeah. If it was in a you, fantasy you context? You relished it, I think. I entered my first draft of, of for next year. Okay, good. Yeah. I love my team, though. I made one pick, but I love it. Allen. Well, good luck. 102, Josh Allen. Super flex. Thank you, by the way. Season can... ended two days ago. You're going to scale back, but you're drafting teams. All right, sure. That makes sense. <laughs> good job. Nice fortitude. <laughs> way, way, to, way to stay strong. Right. One of my guys, JD in Toronto, is like, "Let's draft." I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, if you're gonna if you're gonna push so hard, I guess I'll do it. If you're gonna, <laughs> push so you're gonna beg, right. if you're gonna beg, I guess I'll do it. He just tweeted it. By the way, he wasn't even talking to me. <laughs> he just tweeted it. I'm like, all right, fine, fine, I'll draft with you. Fine, I'm in. We'll look for your calls again next. Ross Tucker at 5, 803-0550. Lines are open now. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog, WGR. I don't know that I've ever seen two safeties play seven seasons together. I know Mike Azure got cut short last year a little bit, but I'm amazed at all they did. And for us, not only on the field, but the culture here and just every day, you're not going to find two better pros than that. And to, for two guys to be back there, what they did was, was amazing. Another area, two players, where you can maybe get tricked into thinking because of their injuries. Really, it's Hyde's injury last year, which was lengthy, and Poyer being in and out a little bit earlier this year. Like, man, the injuries. But really, for what you get in the NFL, these guys were super durable. I mean, seasons where they almost never left the field. And in total, more than 200 games. Regular season alone between uh, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Hyde will almost definitely not be back. And maybe Poyer is close to that, too. Although, he's got a contract, actually. He's got a contract, but, you know, he's got to want to keep going. And they've got to want to pay him. Like, I I, got to look. I'm not sure. I, I, I felt like he came back and it was much more modest than we thought. But that doesn't mean they won't think better of continuing um but he is under contract so he doesn't have to not you know be gone but Hyde I think is done two million dead cap is all not not a huge deal like you said right um cap hit 7.4 Poyer might be worth it yeah let's go to Tony next hi Tony 
Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. I can't uh, quit thinking about the the game management piece. Not and obviously this game, but you know, how many games are left? A few years have we lost by one score? And I, I thought about something earlier. Kind of think is interesting, but let's say this past game coming out of the two minute warning, the scores reversed, meaning we're up by three. Chiefs have the ball. I think it was second and nine. Each team, I think, had a couple timeouts. What do what do those last two minutes look like if the Chiefs have the ball and they they're in you know, approaching the red zone, basically needing a touchdown to win the game? Field goal to tie. Are they throwing the ball? Are they running the ball? What's that look like? And what's the outcome? I'm curious what you're talking about. Might depend a lot on if they are able to run the ball the way where they were running the ball all day. They're probably running the ball. A big problem for the Bills at the end of this game, really in the fourth quarter, if not even the entire second half. Like the game started, the Bills, Tony Romo couldn't stop talking about it, and rightly so. I mean, the Bills were manhandling Kansas City up front. It was seven yards, eight yards every first down run. Uh, boy, this guy, and even coming out of halftime, Romo was like, you know, Jim Nance asked him, who would you be, you know, what's your biggest concern here, or something to that effect. He's like, the Bills up front have been giving it to Kansas City, and I'd be worried about that as we get into the second half of this game. And the Bills simply stopped being able to do that. I don't know what Kansas City did differently, um, but they stuffed it, and KC never stopped being able to run it. So, I mean, my answer would be if you could run it effectively, you would keep running it and run the clock down and hope to get your touchdown eventually with, you know, 30 seconds or less left on the clock, and if you get stuffed, you end up kicking your field goal, but you probably have a better opportunity to run the clock down if you can effectively run it. The Bills, at that point, really couldn't. Unless it was Allen running, which in which case it was automatic, especially on, you know if he's dropping back like he did. It's a really fascinating question. You can't answer it. What would have happened? Because, like like you're saying, they ran the ball, so why not do that? Why, why you don't, might maybe... Would be imagine having your season end Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes handoffs, and then needing a forty-four yard field goal in pretty good wind. Like, how would that taste mm-hmm. if you didn't win? You know, what the Bills did do is leave it to their best guy to win it for them, right? And he didn't. Yeah, with those two plays, as I said a lot yesterday and Sunday. Like, I just wish they had been more high percentage. Yeah, sort of shorter, setup shorter, plays. shorter passes could have worked too. Um, and you know, it, second down they had that digs. Third down there really isn't anything. I don't know if Allen. It, it still feels to me like Allen got out of there before he really needed to, and that kind of eliminated the left side of the field. And as you as you watch that play unfold, it's one of those plays that you could really go to town on screen grabs of options he had that the Chiefs sort of just gave up on as they sort of followed him to the right sideline. Um, so, you know, could he make a throw like that? Maybe, but you're asking a lot. Um, if he stands in there, maybe he gets back to someone, And but then again, maybe they're not open because I think, again, the coverage rolled as, as Allen rolled. I, I'm glad that this caller, Tony, brought up the end of the game. I am absolutely still, it's two days, here for analysis of the end of the game. I know we've already had the postseason press conferences, <laughs> but it's second and nine, not just second down. It's second and six It's different. Second and nine, it's ballsy to hand the ball off to Isaiah Pacheco or James Cook mm-hmm. on second and nine when you have Allen and Mahomes, and this is it. Plus, B 
being down three, you're not going to need to go on fourth. You're probably not expecting to go on fourth. Fourth and one, that's a different question. Maybe fourth and two, that's a really tough one for a coach. Fourth and five, you're kicking. Fourth and nine, as the Bills had, you're definitely kicking. So that changes second. You don't have much freedom. It's one reason that people miss very often on why fourth down is so great to go on because second and third down, even first down can be different. Second and nine, when you are down by a field goal, you're not maybe going to want to hand the ball off. Then you know, if you if you get stuffed, you've got one shot at it, and the field goal right. isn't even high percentage. Right. The move the move was shorter passes. Um, and again, like again, like that would have been perfect. I I'm not in. I haven't been since Sunday night in the mood to ding Josh Allen for trying to hit an open receiver in the end zone, <laughs> give them a four point lead with an extra point added in. Uh, and that's you know that's what happened, and that you know that went awry. It's on the it's on the list. It's on the list of uh, almost, right, with the digs drop. Still can't believe digs dropped that ball, that long one. First play of that drive. Very, well, it's, it's just easier to move the chains, if you will, when you have to go on fourth, and the Bills didn't have to go on fourth. They could have. We had a guy yesterday who was just like, of course they should have gone on fourth and nine. You know, if they had been thinking that way at all, they're going to run, at least if it's Allen even, one of those two plays. He was probably as he's rolling right on third down. He probably would have loved to run, just didn't see, think that he had it. They, they, I thought KC did a very good job on that play in particular, of just not really. He, he had the side, he did had the sideline, and not even really that. Like he didn't have much yardage there. They were just they were guys there. They they did a they did an effective job. Again, I I think he got out of there sooner than he needed to, um, on that play, and maybe that's what doomed it. But yeah. Here's Mike next. Hi, Mike. Hey, guys. I guess just following up, Mike and Bulldog, on that last drive, my biggest problem with it was the first and 10 from the 27. James Cook's prior three runs before that, minus four, zero, and minus three yards. He had minus seven yards and three carries. They had absolutely stopped him the second half of the game. They were getting nowhere when they handed him the ball. And instead of rushing Allen, which which takes care of the clock issue that you're talking about, and who they had never been able to stop the entire game. Every time you ran, he got four, six, eight, whatever. It's like Brady just it, – it bothers me that he would call that play at that time, and now you force Allen into a second long. You know, you throw the ball short on second long – and now you're into a third and situ- third situation. You know, you're. I don't have a problem with going to, trying to hit Shakir on, in the end zone, but you just can't run Cook on first down there from that. It just makes no sense. It, it's a fair enough criticism, I think. Uh, I think it it is perfectly fine that they wanted to run it there. They want they can get to the two minute warning. Kansas City's up against it with the clock. They can't. They don't want to use their timeouts yet because the Bills could still get one or two more first downs. There's a way here that the Bills can end the game with the ball, field goal, worst-case scenario. That's what Kansas City is afraid of. So I like, you know, it could have been a draw or something, sure, but, you know, could have been Murray or Johnson right. even. But, but, an, but an incomplete pass there 
gives them another stoppage before the two-minute warning. Right. You definitely didn't want that. It's a free timeout. Right. Could have run a, a screen. They ran. They threw so many passes behind the line of scrimmage. There, there were definitely definitely other options. And you know, of course, Cook doesn't have to be stopped for one yard. But yeah, I think I think the big point there was run the clock. First down is a running play, so that we can get to the two-minute warning. I mean, the Bills have in a couple of recent recent enough games done a, a genius job of killing the end of the game and winning the game on Bass's foot. That's that's the Dolphin night game last year. That's the Raven game after Poyer's interception of Jackson in the end zone. The Ravens never get the ball again. There's like five minutes left. Right. But it just sort of played out perfectly. And there was that possibility here. They just needed a first down and then another one. And once they went to the end zone – now it's third and nine, and they're down three, not four. Four is easier. It's dangerous, but it's mm-hmm. easier. Down three, then it's like sort of we got to throw beyond the sticks or we're going to kick it. And these little things, all almost all of what was talked about, maybe all, like that the Bills ever talk about today, McDermott Bean, pays no heed to strategy. You know, these sort of little things. For all the credit they got and gave themselves for, quote, saving their season, you know, six and six on, really just the criticism was, I'm sure a lot of people criticize them for everything, but the smarts. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com stuff was never really it was only about winning these things like philadelphia denver mm-hmm. new england you know late game timeouts play calling strategy and that's why again i'll say like i'm, I'm, I'm not ready for the end of that game to go away because it's just more of the same and, like, yesterday people are calling in about McDermott's future, and you and I are both like, I can't imagine Terry Pagula. I said a lot of times, I, I don't even think he would understand the criticism. that the, the, the most common, I think, criticism of McDermott, I'm, I'm not even sure he'd be aware of it. It would make any sense to him. Like, what? 
and and here you have the press conferences, and it's all just like again, there's just like there's no question. About no, there's the no question. No, and it misses what I think is the most is the fairest, maybe by miles, criticism of this coach, and and all these things are debatable. Like what I'm saying about the end of the game, I'm sure a lot of people are like, what's the problem? Like I would think Terry Pagula would be like, what what are you, what are you talking about? What's the problem? Shakir was open. Right. That's where I am. Yeah, I mean, okay. Right. Like, I'm listening to all this, and, like, I, I would have liked it to have been different, but it's not, to me, like, egregious. Like, I, I, my quarterback tried to throw to an open guy in the end zone. If I'm Patrick Mahomes, and I'm processing where we're at at the two-minute warning, and I'm up three, and the Bills are at my 27, by far the worst-case scenario is a first down in two plays. By far. It's if they score it if if it's complete to Shakir, what's Mahomes? Like, great. Let's here we go. Let's go. Right. A minute fifty five, I can score twice. I just did this to them two years ago. Right. I can score twice. Fine, let's go. And what happened is fine, obviously. It's better for Kansas City. I mean game's over. Right. But right. the first down, especially if it comes in two plays, is the worst case scenario for Kansas City. And I want one of these playoff games for the Bills to sort of know that. That's what it's. This is all about with McDermott. That's what this is all about, and that never comes up at press conferences with any kind of precision or detail. It, not all press conferences, but ones like these. You know, these are about. We need to coach better. <laughs> this is that. This would be coaching better, actually. Okay. End of rant. Ross Tucker at five. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog. WGR. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog, thanks for joining us. Ross Tucker coming up in 10 minutes. Let's go to Steven next. Hi, Steven. Hey, good evening. Uh, let me get my phone off speaker here. Okay, there we go. Um, okay, first thing I want to say about this game, you know, I'm hearing criticism, not from you guys, but others about Bass. Look, at this isn't like the first of the four Super Bowl losses where Norwood kicked wide right. That was the only play left in the game and because he missed they lost this was not the case with this my point with this is it's fourth and nine pretty much right but it's fourth and nine and i think this makes the point about the fact that you know in this game scheme look at how they were running the ball oh yeah we're going to control the clock we're going to keep the ball away from homes you know hopefully we can make enough points or we can beat them and what they should have done was they should have gone for it uh, to try to win instead of tie the game. Now, that being said, I, I think go. that's pretty nuts. I, as the self-proclaimed captain of go for it on fourth down, I think that's pretty nuts. But Well, I mean, that's what they were saying this morning on Joe and Jeremy's show, you know, and Sal. Joe and Jeremy th- think the Bills should have gone on fourth and nine? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. You can ask them that. Okay, but here's the thing. <laughs> Do I have to? You're telling me they said it, so I don't think I have to ask them, but okay. Okay, well, okay. So here's the thing. First of all, the defense didn't even show up. Now, Sal all week had said leading up to this, I'm concerned about you know uh, Mahomes hitting in the middle there in the secondary because of the injuries. Okay, that's fine. But where was the, the line? They lost that game with uh, KC, as far as KC offensively, at the line of scrimmage, because those guys, there was no pressure put on the that, home. Fair, you know. true, we had a run, Stephen, but true enough. You know that, that that's true enough. 
Yeah, that that was supposed to be. <clears throat> we're we're about to talk to Ross Tucker, and that definitely came up. Uh, the advantage of being at home, the tackles. They were, you know, not the most solid part of the Kansas City offense, to say the least, coming in. And Caden, silent counts, ch- checks and, you know, making changes at the line, all that stuff. Advantage Epinesa, advantage Von Miller, advantage Leonard Floyd, advantage whomever else you're putting out there to rush the passer, advantage Ed Oliver and Daquan Jones, and they did nothing. I mean, it, it, it and it is fair to point out, I mean, that's the one unit on the defense that was healthy, you know, with Jones coming back a few weeks earlier, and they had a they had a terrible game. The they, point, got, they got dominated. Sorry. The point about comparison to Norwood is really, to me, not worth making. Like, it, the Chiefs did need a first down. It's the only difference. They got a first down. I mean, the, the Giants kneeled it out. It wasn't literally the last play of that game either, but it's just one kneel down and they're done. But really, game was pretty much over when the Bills missed the kick. Thanks, Stephen. Ross Tucker after sports. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog, WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 